3: Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: The individual was in a, tree, they a white male about six feet tall. 10 brown cowboy boots. He's got blue jeans and a blue jean jacket, and underneath the blue jean jacket, the no complainants both saw stock stock with AR-15. He's gonna be with a group of individuals, about five to, eight, five to uh, eight other individuals. Two of the individuals in that group at the base of the street, near the porta potties were wearing green fatigues, green olive dress house fatigues, about 5-8, 5, eight, five nine, skinny, uh, skinny white males, brown cowboy boots. They had Glock-style pistols in their waistband. 8736 with the message of that subject. Um, weapon on his right hip. That's <laughs> it, in the tree. Motor one, make sure PPD knows they have an elevated threat in the tree, south side of Constitution Avenue. Look for the don't tread on me flag, American flag face mask, cowboy boots, weapon on the right, right side hip.
5: I got three men walking down the street The the was we'll carrying AR fifteen,
6: copy and four feet independent. That is the audio of law enforcement radio on January sixth during the passionate demonstration part of the day before it degenerated into violence, uh, discussing the threats they saw. All the people armed at an event where the president was supposed to speak. I thought that was an interesting way to introduce a discussion of what happened yesterday in front of the January 6th committee. Now, they announced that they had a hastily arranged unscheduled hearing to hold with a star witness in D.C. To some extent, the country was... A buzz with speculation as to what it might be, that sort of thing. I know a lot of you are ignoring it or are contemptuous of the hearing, and uh, that's partly deserved, absolutely, because um, there's a lot about the January 6th hearings that is just, I mean, you got Adam Schiff up there. The one thing I can't get past, Adam Schiff up there like the, High judge, the 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 saint, the king Solomon, the the beacon of wisdom of the country, lecturing us all. I mean, he's a congenital
4: liar. Got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen,
6: and and conspicuously thin-necked as well. You have various other hypocrites, and you don't have the demo, You don't have Republican-appointed Republicans on the committee. I'm perfectly familiar with all that. But in the midst of that, they're getting some really interesting testimony. And yesterday was a blockbuster. But if you want to understand its significance, both maybe you're a Trump fan, maybe you're okay with Trump's policies, but he made you crazy. Uh, Maybe you're anti-Trump, whatever. It doesn't matter how you felt about him. There's, There's all sorts of stuff to know that A, is just interesting. And B, if you want to have a solid opinion. I think you're better off knowing both the good and the bad for your side. Now, some people can't take that, and you'll pen angry emails. That's fine. I won't read them. So uh, go ahead. If that makes you feel better, do it. Um, but here's what happened. You had this woman, Cassidy Hutchinson, who was, you know, the girl Friday, the right-hand woman, to White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Now, the president, Trump, Uh, tweeted yesterday i guess it was she's a nobody i never met her blah 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 but everybody on the hill and everybody in the west wing knew that she was meadows right hand woman uh he he insisted she be in every meeting no matter how small according to various people on the hill who thought it was actually kind of odd um but uh, he always wants her right there uh, at his right hand so she was witness to a lot of stuff in the West Wing and at the site of the uh, the uh rally there, the ellipse, the White House ellipse, they call it, on January 6th. And then she was with uh, the president and Mark Meadows and then later some secret service agents at the White House on January 6th. So that's why this woman has some significance. That's who she is. Now, if you follow the media at all, you know, a big deal is being made of a handful of things she testified to uh, yesterday. Um, and and some of it is just dopey and ridiculous and, and kind of amusing in a way. Uh, some of it is significant, but shows the terrible flaws of the committee. And some of it could be serious trouble for Trump. You've got some of each, and we'll try to bring it to you in an organized way so you can comprehend what I'm talking about. Uh, why don't we start with the stuff we can just toss aside that's kind of silly? I mean, it's kind of dramatic and gossipy and everything, but we'll start with, uh, let's see. Uh, let's start with the ketchup dripping down the wall in the White House dining room, and we're going to work our way up to the serious stuff. So, Michael, clip number 37, please.
3: On December 1, 2020, Attorney General Barr said in an interview that the Department of Justice had not found evidence of widespread election fraud sufficient to change the outcome of the election. Ms. Hutchinson, how did the President react to hearing that news?
2: Around the time that I understand the AP article went live, I remember hearing noise coming from down the hallway, so I poked my head out of the office. And I saw the valet walking towards our office. He had said, get the chief down to the dining room. The president wants him. So Mark went down to the dining room and came back to the office a few minutes later. Wait for it. After Mark had returned, I left the office and went down to the dining room and I noticed that the door was propped open and the valet was inside the dining room changing the tablecloth off of the dining room table. He motioned for me to come in and then pointed towards the front of the room near the fireplace mantel and the TV where I first noticed there was ketchup dripping down the wall and there's a shattered porcelain plate on the floor. The valet had articulated that the president was extremely angry at the Attorney General's AP interview and had thrown his lunch against the wall, um, which was causing them to have to clean up. So I I grabbed a towel and started wiping the ketchup off the wall to help the valet out. Um, And he said something to the effect of, he's really ticked off about this. I I would stay clear of him for right now. He's really, really ticked off about this right now.
6: Well, that is an egregious waste of condiments right there. If it's true, and it may be, unbelievable ketchup, dripping ketchup. What does this mean to the Constitution? All right, so the president really wanted Barr to say it was a stolen election and was super pissed off that he wouldn't. Yeah, we knew that already. I don't know that we needed breathless descriptions of him being so mad he hurled his lunch against the wall. I mean, it's kind of interesting, if it's true. I uh, I shattered a coffee mug once at work. I was so frustrated and stressed out. Uh, but, it you know, it happens. That's the one time I've ever done something like that. Um, and I think it was an A&G coffee mug, too, so it cost me money. But um, anyway, so the president hurling food at the wall. Uh, okay, all right. I, I, if there's significance to that, I don't know what it is. It seems odd to spend so much time on it, so let's not spend any more. Oh, well, uh, Liz Cheney does follow up and ask her, was this the only incident of the president throwing dishes? As if dish chucking is fundamental to this discussion. It's not. The second thing that got a lot of attention yesterday was the alleged fracas in the beast. The Beast being the giant armored limo that the President goes about uh, in uh, so he uh, cannot be attacked, etc. cetera. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to read it. Um, where is the stuff about the Beast? What, have I gone blind? Uh, somebody help me out. The alleged... I thought I had it handy. Trump says it. Thirty-six. Oh, there it is. Yeah, okay. That's so wordy. I'm sorry. I just didn't get to it. So, all right. Uh, here's her description of when she gets back to the White House. And I'm not sure if we have, like, her whole setting up of, of what happened. But she gets back to the White House, and, and, and some Secret Service agents call her aside. 36, Michael. Thank you.
2: Tony proceeded to tell me that when the president got in the beast, he was under the impression from Mr. Meadows that The -the off-the-record movement to the Capitol was still possible and likely to happen, but that Bobby had more information. So once the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby, he thought that they were going up to the Capitol. And when Bobby had relayed to him, we're not, we don't have the assets to do it. It's not secure. We're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, very angry response to that. Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president. Take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, Sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, Sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle, And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles.
6: All right. So she gets back to the White House and she is there at Mark Meadows' office. And some of the, the uh, Secret Service security detail people gesture to her and say, hey, did you hear what happened? Come on in here. We'll tell you about it. Um, and she, they related that story to her. Now, number one, the agents involved live and work in D.C. They can be subpoenaed. They can be questioned. Why would you have a hearsay witness testify to something she heard without having the people who are actually involved, the first-person witnesses? That's just weird. I spent a little time yelling at my radio yesterday as I was listening to this saying why am i hearing this it just you 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 want the testimony first from the direct witnesses now it's conceivable she and her lawyers agreed to be there for one day and and otherwise they'd fight the subpoena or something like that um and so they tried to get everything out of her that she could but it's come out now multiple news sources with, uh, or I, I should say news outlets, with sources close to the Secret Service, and allegedly those fellas say they are both more than happy to come and testify under oath that that didn't happen. So that's a hell of a dramatic tale told secondhand. But, okay, great. Give me the, give me the people who saw it, who were there. Have him testify under oath. Otherwise, all I've been told is an interesting secondhand story. I can do nothing with that. Nothing. But it's a super big story. It just means Trump's a backseat driver. Well, yeah, Trump's a backseat driver and and, and maybe a nut, and maybe you really, really wanted to go to the Capitol, but I I don't know. The part that really matters and could be really tough for Trump coming up next.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong
6: and Getty Show. So this woman named Cassidy Hutchinson, right-hand woman to Mark Meadows, Trump's uh, chief staff on January 6th, testified before the uh, committee yesterday. No matter what you think of the committee, some of the stuff she said could be Hazardous to uh, Trump, legally speaking, certainly ethically, morally speaking, depending on how you look at it. And I just thought gee, you're better off hearing it from us first. Uh, first of all, um, this is the part that that puts him in some jeopardy, conceivably legally, although that's still a long, long, long shot. She'll set up the situation. Clip thirty-four.
2: When we were in the off-stage announce area tent behind the stage, he was very concerned about the shot, meaning the photograph that we would get because the rally space wasn't full. Um, one of the reasons, which I previously stated, was because he wanted it to be full and for people to not feel excluded because they'd come far to watch him at the rally. Um, and he felt the mags were at fault for not letting everybody in. But another leading reason, and likely the primary reason, is because he wanted it full and he was angry at the that we weren't letting people through the mags with weapons, what the Secret Service deemed as weapons and our our weapons.
6: Okay, so I thought that was pretty understandable. Mags are magnometers, those are the metal detectors, essentially. And Trump was concerned that people weren't being let in. They didn't want to come in because they had weapons and and, and didn't want to go through the magnometers. So he wanted the magnometers taken away, allegedly. Uh, Let's hear 35 now. But when we were in the offstage announced tent, I
2: was part of a conversation. I was in the I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away.
6: Okay, so that's the first part. Um, And the significance here is if he knowingly sent an armed mob to the Capitol and indeed was encouraging the Secret Service to take the mags away and then tweeted about how Mike Pence was a coward, etc. It's conceivable, unlikely but conceivable that that's inciting a violent riot. Um, again, it's it's a bit of a stretch. But if he knew it was an armed crowd, because again, she says, and this needs to be corroborated, obviously, she she was a Trump gal and a Mark Meadows gal. If he said, I don't effing care that they have weapons, they're not here to hurt me, take the magnometers away, let my people in, they can march to the Capitol from here, let the people in. Then he gave a speech filled with calls to action that the White House counsel had urged him to avoid for fear of legal liability, urging his followers to fight like hell because, quote, you will never take our country back with weakness. Etc. There are a number of phrases that, in the context of they're an armed mob, look bad legally speaking or vulnerable. And I, look, some of you I know you're just huge Trump fans. You're oh, how dare you! You're a lefty. No, I'm not. Um, it's at least vulnerability. And it is interesting that a bunch of Trump staffers immediately went to the White House Counsel after. All this happened on January 6th and started asking for pardons and said, we need the lawyer up. This is terrible. So where it goes from here, difficult to say. This is early days, but that was an ugly, ugly day. And a lot of people were there to cause serious, serious harm. More to come. Stay with us.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: I think you make the sunrise.
5: Yeah, you
6: never go. Hey, thanks for being here. Jack is off again today. He'll be back tomorrow, and we'll be back to our usual hijinks. Uh, so in the aftermath of spinning out for you the whole Cassidy Hutchinson January 6th hearing thing yesterday, I thought during the break I'd zoom around and see how various conservative media outlets were handling it. New York Post appears to be ignoring it, which is uh, interesting. Um, <clears throat> Washington Times, which is a terrific uh, conservative website slash newspaper. Is it even a newspaper anymore? I suppose they might print it sometime somewhere. Um uh has the uh, the follow up on the testimony that the secret service is uh, reportedly denying Cassidy Hutchinson's tale about the the struggle for the wheel and the beast very dramatic stuff uh you know somebody one of our emailers pointed out I don't have it handy but they said the secret service is never more secret than when it comes to private interactions with the president because the president has to have absolute trust that uh, they don't go blabbing. I mean, that would that would upend the relationship between the Secret Service protection detail and the president and his family if there was even a chance that they were going to be gossip hounds and start, you know, spreading stories to the world. Um, I have some people I can ask more specifically about those ethics. Uh, I don't want to say any more because I'm not an expert in it, but... Um, it's conceivable to me, not under oath, but it's conceivable to me that the Secret Service would just deny, deny, deny. Uh, Unless they felt like they were compelled by law to say something for the reasons I just mentioned. It just would, would so damage the relationship between the protective detail and the president and his family. So anyway, um, I'm not sure quite what to make of that denial. I suppose more will come out. But anyway, uh, so the, the New York, I'm sorry, the Washington Times is on that. Uh, the Washington Examiner, which covered the testimony yesterday, their editorial board, their lead editorial, Is Trump proven unfit for power again? Um, Blah, blah, blah. Uh, White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson. Trump is unfit to be anywhere near power again. Uh, and uh, the final line of the editorial is, Trump is a disgrace. Republicans have far better options to leave the party in 2024 to lead the party. No one should think otherwise, much less support him ever again. So, you know, obviously, depending on whether you're a, a, a huge Trump fan or a never-Trumper or something in between, uh, the testimony yesterday was in the eye of the beholder. So, totally different topic. Uh, didn't get to this the other day, but I wanted to squeeze it in. Uh, the story of uh, John Hinkley who attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan, almost killed him. We didn't know it at the time, but the president was very, very near death, and it was only by the miraculous efforts of the trauma team that treated him that he survived, and, and history could have been changed in ways that are difficult to uh, to guess. Although Reagan had a, a strong number two George H.W. Bush in a lot of ways. I mean, he wasn't Reagan, but, you know. He wasn't Kamala Harris either, if you hear me. So uh, John Hinckley Jr. is now free, completely free, having been found profoundly mentally ill at the time, but now he's cured, I guess. Obviously, there are questions that leap to mind, number one being, is there any circumstance under the sun where somebody could come within you know, an eyelash of assassinating the president and certainly trying to he tried to do it. Is there any circumstance under the sun where that person should ever be free again? I mean, if they're mentally ill, you can certainly argue that, well, they should always be treated humanely, of course, um, and maybe have a limited amount of freedom, pleasure, etc. But to be turned loose completely, it just seems... In Congress, it's, it's unforgivable to attempt to assassinate the president. But yeah, I, I understand mental illness and the nature of it. I mean, if he had no idea what he was doing, he had no idea what he's doing. Uh, Major Garrett on CBS did a, a report and a, a big interview with John Hinckley Jr. Uh, let's just go ahead. We'll start with clip number 90 and go from there. Go ahead, Michael.
4: Hinkley told us he thought the president was a nice man and a good president. Those are direct quotes, but that his mental illness left him deeply divorced from reality.
5: I went to the Washington Hilton Hotel and he came out from giving a speech. And I was right there and I fired shots at him, which so unfortunately hit other people too.
4: Do you have any recollection of that feeling at that moment? No.
5: Done. I don't. It's such, it's such another lifetime ago. I can't tell you now the emotion I had, you know, right as he came walking out. I just can't tell you that.
4: Mostly that is something you can't remember. Right. Because you don't want to remember
5: it. Maybe, maybe. But you're right. It's something I, just, I don't want to remember.
6: Hinkley uh, goes on to confront fairly straight on what he did that day in clip 91.
5: I shot four people. And I'm sorry to the Reagan family, the Brady family, the, the other families of the victims. I'm sorry to Jodie Foster for bringing her into this.
4: Hinckley, depressed, isolated and delusional, was obsessed with actress Jody Foster. By attempting to kill President Reagan, he thought he could impress her. I feel badly about that. What about the Reagans?
5: I feel badly for all of them. I mean, I mean, I have true remorse for what I did. I know that they probably can't forgive me now, but I just want them to know that I am sorry for what I did.
6: It's interesting, and there's more to come, but uh, the prisons are full of people who wish they hadn't done what they did. They're sorry for it. They might well have developed compassion for the victims and their families that they didn't have in their younger years. We all become more compassionate as we age, I think, or, or virtually all of us. Uh, so more with Major Garrett and John Hinckley in just a moment or two after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. At Simply Safe, they believe your home should be the safest place on Earth. And whether you're particularly concerned about all the junkies running around, stealing stuff, coming into people's homes now and again, the rising crime rate, maybe you're concerned about fire. I know a lot of folks are listening to the show, fire is a significant part of their their daily life or concern about it, I should say. Um, maybe flooding, depending on where you live, that sort of thing. Simply Safe offers comprehensive protection against not only intruders and burglary, but also those other things with. 24-7 professional monitoring. Simply Safes agents take action the moment a threat's detected, dispatching the police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home. And with their proprietary video verification technology, monitoring agents can visually confirm the threat and get higher priority 911 dispatch. Monitoring plans are affordably priced at a buck a day with no long-term contractor hidden fees because feeling safe at home shouldn't break the bank. Customize the perfect system for your home or your workshop or business. In just a few minutes at simplysafe.com/slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera plus twenty percent off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com/slash Armstrong. So Major Garrett asks uh, Hinckley about uh, what would have happened if he succeeded. Uh, which I don't know. That's a little gossipy, but what the heck? Let's
4: listen to the guy and see if we think he's sincere. Have you ever thought about what would have happened had you succeeded?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, history would have been changed. With a new, you know, new president. That's it. I mean, yeah, it would have been a big historical event. Um, I'm glad I did not succeed. You are. Oh yes, very much so.
6: All right, a little more on that line. Ninety-three.
4: Next one. You traumatized a nation too. I did. Are you sorry for that? Yes. I'm sure the country
5: was traumatized. I'm very sorry for that.
4: Is there any part of you that wonders how the John Hinckley of that era could have gotten to that point?
5: I did not have a good heart. Uh, I was doing things that you know a good person doesn't do. So it's hard for me to at all to relate at all to that person back then.
6: Yeah, I don't know that he has to be able to explain his situation given his uh, problems and. I'm not sure those questions are really relevant to, to the question that we all have. Should this guy be loose? Uh, I think the next clip is much more germane to that.
4: Is your story and your freedom justice? Yes. Why is it just?
5: Because I was, I was not just a cold calculating criminal in 1981. I truly believe I had a serious mental illness that was preventing me from knowing right from wrong back then.
4: Hinckley believes decades of treatment and medication make him no threat today.
5: I've been in hundreds, maybe thousands of therapies, individual and group. I've been the most scrutinized person um, in the entire mental health system for 41 years.
6: Yeah, I have no doubt that that's true. And I haven't heard that there are activist lunatics who just want John Hinckley Jr. out out of loathing of Reagan or conservatives or anything like that. He is the most scrutinized person in the history of American mental health. And the quote-unquote experts say he's okay. He, he should be loose. Well, not sure I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure some of you aren't either. Um I like the idea that if somebody is utterly unable to take responsibility for their actions because of serious mental illness, and not just they're stressed or anxious or depressed or are in a bad mood or angry, but their brain doesn't work. They're psychotic, in other words. They're disconnected to reality. Uh, I, I like the idea that we're a compassionate enough people that we will recognize that and not just punish the human body that that diseased brain lived in, since now the brain is okay. But at the same time, he tried to kill the president and almost did. I don't know. Uh, Your thoughts? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to weigh in. I don't know. Maybe it's clearer to you than it is to me. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We're going to run through a bunch of the big news of the day that we haven't touched on yet, bring you up to date, Uh, coming up in moments. Stay with us.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
6: Ah, that, Michael, that was... uh, Get on the mic, Michael. You have to to defend yourself. Now, I hadn't heard that clip, but that, that sounded perfectly fine. That was like a weird angle of Axl Rose singing, so the audio was a little funky. He sounds
4: fine. I thought it sounded
6: horrible, but I'll play it again. Yeah, he, hit all, he hit all the notes. I mean, go ahead. He sounded fine. I mean, you're just you're getting a weird phase because of the wind or something like that. But that that's probably the feed off. I'm not sure what that's the feed off of. But when somebody's singing a heavy rock song like that with no effects, no reverb, no uh, no uh, uh, what do you call it? Delay, no processing whatsoever. They're going to sound a little rough, man. Everybody's a critic. Michael, you should apologize to Axel Rose. Apologize right now. All right, I apologize to Axel Rose. There you go. Okay, I never thought I'd do that. uh so a quick rundown on things happening in the news uh Jack will be joining us at the first segment of uh, hour three of the show next hour uh to discuss the uh the big hearing the January 6th hearing that we talked about earlier this hour but we'll we'll get his take on it um uh it was it was dramatic at, at the least and as I said at the time some of it was substantive some of it was suspect and some of it was just silly um but anyway, a uh, couple of quick hits. Um, there were a bunch of primaries and runoffs yesterday, and uh, the narrative is there is no narrative. Uh, some Trump uh, Trump backed people won, some lost. Uh, the the very odd and curious strategy of the Democrats in certain states. Um, well, uh, first, it, well, it struck out in Colorado. Here's what I'm talking about. Sorry, I kind of had the last part first. A lot of democratic party uh, parties in the states are doing something that is if they were sincere utterly utterly immoral and dangerous, and that is and gosh dang it the, the day comes when we when Trump is not uh, in the news or in politics or something i can 't wait for it, but anyway, the Democrats are donating all sorts of money to promote support and get elected in the primaries election denier Trump fan types. Believing that they are more easily defeated than more conventional Republicans, conservatives, moderates, whatever you want to call them, just not as closely tied to Trump and and not election deniers. So they are simultaneously... Saying, we're on the verge of losing our democracy. But they're so cynical or so disingenuous that they're promoting the candidacies of people they might lose to. I mean, many, many a candidate has thought, oh, Jones would be easier to beat than Smith, and then had Smith whoop his ass. So, uh, can you imagine sincerely believing... That people who are associated with Trump are a danger to the survival of the republic. And yet donating millions of dollars and trying to get them elected in the primary so they're on the general ballot so you can then beat them. Can can you imagine? Unbelievable. Politics is so grubby and dirty and dishonest and greedy and despicable. Anyway, moving along. Uh, Finland and Sweden... Want to join NATO. You've heard that, right? And maybe you heard that the Turks, specifically their so-called president, he's a dictator, dictator Erdogan, was opposed to them joining. And I told you, no, don't worry. It'll, it'll take care of itself. And it has. He's now dropped his opposition to the Nordic countries becoming part of NATO. He was butthurt because Sweden and Finland have supported some of the Kurdish militants. Who are getting murdered by Russia and Syria, um, and 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 Turkey has that weird relationship with Russia and and Syria to some extent, which is a neighbor, so it's a little more complicated for them. But so anyway, the only reason they uh, were standing in the way of Sweden and Finland is that they're mad at them and and wanted certain concessions and stuff like that. Erdogan is a dictator and a weird wheeler dealer. He just saw he had a bargaining chip, so he decided to uh, exploit it. That's it. But sure enough, he said, okay, they can come on in. Uh, Let's see. The FDA voted 19 to 2 to recommend the agency move ahead with authorizing updated COVID-19 boosters that are more targeted specifically at the Omicron strain. Uh, Do what you want to do. Uh, China has cut the length of mandatory quarantine for the uh, Chairman Xi's bat bat fever. For They've cut the quarantine period for inbound travelers in half to seven days, three days of monitoring at home. It's way stricter than anybody else on Earth at this point, but it's a dramatic shift for Beijing. So what that means, I don't know. U.S. home prices, 20.5% higher in April than the previous April, 20.4% higher, which is slightly less of an increase than March. Um And could well be. Let's see, April, May, May could still be hot. I think we are rapidly reaching the end of those uh, those just explosive growth in home prices. Wouldn't surprise me a bit to see uh, the June numbers, uh, and you know, goodness knows what's going to happen in the future. But the July numbers, a lot more uh, sobering. If you're a homeowner or, or encouraging, if you're a would be homeowner and you think I'm not buying none until this market cools off, I think it's cooling off. Got a judge in Texas issued a temporary restraining order on the, uh, trigger law that was supposed to kick in, in the, uh, event of Roe v. Wade being, uh, repealed, not repealed. What's the word? Uh. Anyway, uh, so that isn't going to happen anytime soon. Everybody's going to cool off and take a look at the law and try and understand what's happening. Um, and uh, let's see. There was one more I wanted to get in. Oh, uh, old Jelaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's rapey buddy, his procurer of teenage flesh, was sentenced to 20 years in prison. She plans to appeal, but, uh, yeah, that's uh, absolutely appropriate. She's a rapist. Anyway, much more to come, including Jack, next hour. If you can't stay around, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
3: Armstrong.
1: Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.